It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Just goes back to center ice, nowhere to go, and he'll just leave it for McCarr, and the lines are changing for Colorado. McKinnon on his way off, too. Here comes Burakovsky into the Sharks zone, shoots one, saves, score! The Avalanche win on a tough goal that Martin Jones needs to have back. And San Jose has to settle for one point as they lose 5-4 to four in a most disappointing defeat. Yeah, I, I brought these guys in, especially the leadership group, a couple weeks ago after the trade deadline, and I discussed uh, uh, the plan moving forward and the situation we're in. And uh, if you if you want to reap the benefits of you know coming back next year and having guys ready to play and having experience and and uh, you know having decisions made on certain players, what they're going to do, you know, with with certain players in the off season, you, you know, trying to build out a better team next year. And uh, and this is a short term pain you're going to have to go through. And uh, uh, these guys have bought into that; they know that. I haven't seen anybody uh you know throw the white flag up or quit they're competing you know and our big guys are still uh you know still carrying us offensively on certain nights and you know and and it would just it is a situation like you said everybody wants to see the finished product but they're not really interested in seeing you know how that's built so uh we're going through it right now all right good morning everyone that was sharks head coach bob bugner before yesterday's game bringing us back talking about the period of evaluation the Sharks are going through right now and how he is keeping those veterans motivated, how he is keeping them in the game. And I think that he's doing a good job of that because we saw last night that Evander Kane, that Timo Meyer, that Tomas Hurdle, guys that you rely upon, guys that you are expecting to perform, can come through in a big game and give you a good performance. And I don't have a problem with anything that those guys did last night. I think the problems were obviously on defense, and with the goaltending, and that's a problem that the Sharks have had all year long, particularly with the goaltending. And I think that from this point on for the rest of the year, you got to give nothing but experience to Kozinash. And if you want to bring Melnichuk up as well to get a look at him, then, then by all means do it because we have seen everything we are going to see with Martin Jones. And I don't think there is any sign that his game is going to significantly improve for the duration. I think with Martin Jones, we know he can get streaky. And he might be an option as a guy who's got to compete for a position. But right now, at this point in his career, he is not a guy that you can consistently rely on. I mean, he lets in soft goals, and it's been happening for far too long. And I don't mean to take it out on Martin Jones here because he wasn't the only problem, but his consistency in terms of his play has not been there, and it hasn't been there for a while, and there's no getting around it any longer. It's not changing. I want him to work on his game. I want him to improve. Obviously, he's got that contract with the Sharks, and you want to maximize what you're getting out of that contract, but he can't be your one option. 
He can't be your prime guy to go to. You've got to have a better option. And if the Sharks don't figure out a better option, then everything they're doing right now to evaluate younger talent, to develop younger talent, to get themselves situated for the future, it's not going to matter. You are shooting yourselves in the foot and negating good performances because goals that you should get a save, that you should stop, that you should keep out of the back of the net are finding the back of the net. And that's got to be defeating for everybody that's out there on the ice for the Sharks right now. And it's got to be defeating for Martin Jones. As a team, as a defense, as a goalie, you cannot give up 3-1 and 4-2 leads, especially not a 4-2 lead with only eight minutes left to play and then immediately surrender a goal in overtime without being able to touch the puck. I remember Brett Hedekin, just as they were going into that overtime, said, depending on who wins this uh, faceoff, you might not get a chance to touch the puck. And I said, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that out loud. So I thought he was right. That was a concern that I was actively having in my head, not because I thought the Sharks were going to win the faceoff and win the game, because I thought Colorado was going to do just that, and they did. <laughs> oh, man. I just, You know, it's just it's such a thing that we've seen happen with the Sharks over the course of the year that the other team has been given a chance to get back into it. The other team has been able to fight and claw and scratch and beat the Sharks. And that's for a couple of reasons, right? It's the Sharks are lacking a depth of talent. And the lack of depth doesn't just put you at a deficit in terms of the immediate, this is how many goals we are capable of scoring versus how many goals they are capable of scoring. But I mean that you don't have the depth of performance over the course of 60 minutes to hold on to leads. I mean, that's a thing that we've seen with the Sharks this year is leads have disappeared. The Sharks of the past, when we saw them go up in games, they didn't relinquish those leads because they always had the talent to rely on. They always had enough good players who were going to come up with performances to give themselves enough for a win. That said, if you score four goals and you're up in your own building by two with eight minutes left to play, you should win that game. I mean, like 99 times out of 99.5 times, you should win that game. But the Sharks, as much as it pains me to say, they have been just good enough to lose this year, which means they've been in games. They've put forth good compete. They've been able to take early leads. They've been able to challenge teams late into games, but they have been good enough to lose or they've found ways to lose. And that's that's not something you can say about a team that gets their way into the playoffs, at least not most years. And I know it's hard to really evaluate everything perfectly over the course of a 56-game season as opposed to 82 because you're missing 26 games of hockey there. It's not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. If anything, the deficiencies that much more have been highlighted by the condensed scheduling, and the Sharks repeatedly over the course of this year have not been able to finish games, have not had that follow-through to really clamp down on the opposition, have not had the talent across four lines to beat the opposition. Or in games last night where you did see a pretty good performance from your team across the board, the goaltending hasn't been there to hold on to the leads, and that costs you late in games. And again, that's got to be defeating for the guys out there on the ice who have put forth those efforts. And I don't think any of them go out there and blame Martin Jones. And Martin Jones was not the only issue in this game, but you have to make those saves. You have to give yourself a chance to win. It's what we've heard Bob Bugner say all year long about the net mining. You cannot let in five goals and expect to win a game. I mean, that's not rocket science. If you score four at home, though, your goalie has to be able to hold on to that lead or has to let in three or fewer, not just because you only have scored four, but to an extent, that's got to be your building. You've got to do something where you don't let the other team get back in it, and your goalie has to come up with those big saves, and Martin Jones didn't. And 
you know, maybe I'm being too critical. Maybe I need to go back and watch the film another time. And maybe I need to give credence to the fact that the Colorado Avalanche are just that good. And I think that probably is a part of what we saw last night. The Avalanche, they are in a fight to try and get into first place and get that home ice advantage. And we're, whereas the Sharks are not. The Sharks are in a period of evaluation. The Sharks are in a period of, you know, trying to figure out what's there for the future. And the wins don't necessarily matter as much as the losses. And that's not to say the Sharks aren't trying or anything like that, but the motivations are different. And we always have to consider the motivations. We always have to consider what we are actively seeing on the ice compared with what is going on behind the scenes, compared with what the team is actively trying to do. This team is not going to win a Stanley Cup this year. This team was fighting for a playoff spot. It became very obvious now in a stretch where they've only won two of their last 13 games that they were not good enough for the playoffs. It may have been a little bit condensed that this stretch where they've only won two out of their last 13 has been all together, but eventually the lack of talent and the lack of overall completeness of a team, it caught up with the Sharks. I give them credit for being as into this race for as long as they were, but reality came home at, at a certain point. And you can talk about bad calls earlier in the year, and you can talk about missed plays, and you can talk about bad luck, but a former athlete once said to me in no uncertain terms when we were talking about a team late in the year that they were indicative of a, a better record than what we had seen. The athlete, and I won't say what sport this is, and I won't say who it was, but they turned to me and they said, Ted, it doesn't matter how well the team has performed. It doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. Ultimately, the standings don't lie. Good performances, high-quality performances, these things are inconsequential compared to the final of wins and losses because that's what you look at at the end of the day. And I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but the initial statement of the standings don't lie, unfortunately, is one of the most ultimately true sayings I've ever heard in sports. I mean, there's always context, right? You can look at the goal differential or you can look at team stats or you can look at individual player stats, but ultimately the standings don't lie. And to that extent, individual player statistics don't lie. Evander Kane has been having a great season for the Sharks. He had two goals last night. He has been doing everything in his power to keep the Sharks in games. And I love the fact that he's improved his mental game as well. He's not being as reactionary. He's not going to the box as much. He has taken on a challenge and improved his game. He's got 22 goals through 52 games now. That converts roughly to a 35-goal season over an 82-game season. And that number might go up. That number might go down. But game in, game out, Evander Kane has been a consistent performer for the Sharks. There's no denying it. I love his game. I love his effort. I love what he's done this year. On the other hand, Timo Meyer scored his 10th goal of the year last night. We've played 52 games. If you convert that to an 82-game schedule, that means he's on pace for a 16-goal season. And that is such a wild underperformance of what I think Timo Meyer is capable of. It just it blows my mind. There's no way that I would look at his game and look at his skill set and think, oh yeah, that's a guy who's going to be scoring 15, 16 goals over 82 games. He's a guy that has between 30 and 40 goal potential, and I don't mean that to be hyperbolic. I, I don't say that to be um, you know, a homer or anything like that. Timo Meyer has incredible skill. He has incredible athleticism. He is a power forward that other guys look at around the league, and I'm sure they say, I wish I had his genetics. I wish I had aspects of his game to add to my own and the fact that Timo Meyer is not coming through with a season that's akin to what we see from Evander Kane it, it just blows me away and that's that's something that's got to change right 
you got to figure out how to get him to be like an Evander Kane, how to get him to maximize his physicality, to use his power, to use his speed, game in, game out, because he has the physical tools and the skill set to be a guy over 82 games who's a 30-goal scorer, who could maybe top out at 40. And I don't, again, I don't think I am overestimating what I see with him. I look at his game and see a world of potential, and I don't stay, I don't understand why it's not there. I, I just I, I don't get it, and I don't know what they have to do to motivate him. I don't know what they have to do to get him to be performing at a higher level game in, game out, but they have to figure that out, and not, not just they, the coaching staff. Timo Meyer has to figure that out about himself. He has the skill set to be a star in this league, and if he is a star in this league, that helps the Sharks be that much better, and maybe this is just growing pains and bumps in the road, but at the start of the year, he didn't look ready. And that's the second game of the year, or excuse me, that's the second straight year where he did not look ready to go. And there's no excuse for that. With as long of an offseason as they had, with as much time as he had to repair, I don't understand why he wasn't ready from the get-go, right? I don't understand why he wasn't primed to have a great start to the season with extended time off like that combined with his speed and power he should have been bagging goals left and right I don't know I I, I just don't get it I, that's that's just one of those guys this year that I look at and I did that math and I, I was stunned when they said it was only his 10th goal I knew it was his 10th goal but something about just thinking God it's game 52 and he's only got 10 goals how is that possible he's got to go into this offseason acknowledging that he needs to be better I mean that's got to be his mindset otherwise he is going to be one of the great lost potential guys that we can remember and I don't want to talk about Timo Meyer as one of those guys who could have been a great shark I want to talk about him as having been a great shark I mean Tomas Hurdle for instance we saw his potential right from the get-go and he's dealt with a number of knee injuries and he's always been able to bounce back and find his game again. And Timo Meyer has not had those injuries, thankfully, but he needs to be able to find a way to find his game again. We saw what was there earlier in his career, but the last two years, it's simply not been there. And I, I don't know why, because I still see a guy, some of the goals he scores are phenomenal. Some of the plays he makes are phenomenal. I don't know if he needs to just find more of an edge to his game. I don't know if he needs to work on finishing, whatever it is. He needs to find that level in his game that has been missing. He needs to find those opportunities. He needs to work that much harder. And I, and I understand that when you're given that much of a physical skill set that's more than what everybody else has around you, a lot of your game comes naturally. And I think he's at a point in his career where what is coming naturally doesn't happen as much. And that's because the league is better and better every passing year. The guys around the league adjust to his game. And maybe he's just having trouble with that adjustment because I don't know what other reason there would be for him to not be performing at a higher level, but I know that he can perform at a higher level. And for the Sharks to have a better 2021, 2022, Timo Meyer has got to be a big part of that plan. I imagine I, I can't see the Sharks trading him. I can't see the Sharks wanting to give up on his potential because the sky truly is the limit for him. He is one of those guys who can be a difference maker game in game out and he hasn't been, and it's just left me so frustrated over the course of this year. And I, I hate to be negative in this in this first part of this show, and I know we're getting to the halfway point, but it's hard not to feel these frustrations right now when the Sharks have been eliminated from the playoffs because you look at these things that were problematic over the course of the year, and they didn't get better. Martin Jones had a streak where he was better, and what happened? The Sharks won a lot of games and thrust themselves right into that playoff race. 
When Martin Jones was good, the Sharks were good. And then Martin Jones was not good again, and the Sharks fell off a cliff. I mean, it's not that hard to put two and two together here. You look at the reality. You look at what happened. You try and make these comparisons, and you say, okay, here's when Martin Jones was performing really well. Here's how the Sharks' record looked over that point. Here's Martin Jones not performing that well. Here's how the Sharks' record looked during that point. Again, easy to point at certain guys, and I know that's a vast oversimplification of what we've seen out there on the ice, but it's easy to point to certain things and say that's been problematic. I mean, it's like the power play. That's a problem. Whereas on the flip side, the penalty kill for two straight years has been pretty darn good. But it's just hard game after game to see the same thing sinking the Sharks, whether it's goaltending, whether it is being careless with the puck, whether it is not being able to maintain that ozone possession. I mean, we're seeing the same things happen in different games under different circumstances, whether they're trailing, whether they're in the lead, whether it's a tie game, you see the same problems rearing their head. And also with that, that's indicative of a team that isn't that good. Teams that aren't good aren't able to rectify these problems. And I'm not trying to be harsh on the Sharks here, but when you are not in the playoffs for a second consecutive year, I think it is fair to say that the Sharks are not a good team. They're not abysmal. They're not horrific. They're not a bad, bad team or anything like that. I don't think they're far off. But what they are is flawed. And those flaws come back to haunt you game in, game out, and it turns you from being a team that has the ability to contend for a playoff spot like we saw to eventually the reality catching up with you. Your flaws will be revealed. Your deficiencies will be revealed, and they will all hurt you. But grand scheme, it's the last week of the season, and only now in the last week of the season were the Sharks officially eliminated from playoff contention. This season could have gone a lot worse, right? And as someone who's been a Bay Area sports fan since before they can remember, I've seen teams that were far, far, far worse than this year's Sharks. But I think that's what makes it more frustrating is because the Sharks this year did have a chance, but ultimately they were their own worst enemy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're on Morning Tide. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly, so post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, I, I said this, uh, you, you know, and you guys have heard uh, um, from the organization where we're at. And, uh, you know, last year was a um, situation where we sold veterans at the deadline and got picks back, you, you know. And I think this situation this year is, uh, you know, a lot of young guys are getting chances and, you know, and, and, and calling it a reset. And, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise. I think you look around the league out of the 31 teams, um, you know, as of right now, I think every team that missed the bubble last year playoffs is still out. So it just goes to show you, you don't flip things around in this league and six months and eight months or 10 months uh it takes time and uh um and, and there's pain involved in that and there's some growing there's some growing to do and that's that's where we're at and uh um you know we've we've tried to work on certain things this year and and, and uh you know systematically and, and culture and things like that there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that are real real solid and young guys but uh yeah it's uh it's a situation where you're going through some stuff and it's a little disappointing not to be in the playoffs obviously but uh we know what the big picture looks like and where we're going 
That is Bob Bugner bringing us back here on Morning Tide. And yeah, I think we do know where this is going, relatively speaking, in the sense that we know what Bob Bugner is trying to do with the team. But I think there are going to be hard decisions made in the offseason. I think that immediately you have to address some of these issues, and that starts with your goalie. If you were watching the start of the broadcast last night, you know that both Randy and Hetty said immediately when they were asked about things the Sharks need to improve on for next year or you know what a big issue was? They both went to the goalie, and that's something that's got to improve next year. Timo Meyer needs to be better next year. Brent Burns needs to be better next year. Eric Carlson needs to be better next year. Kevin LeBanc needs to be better next year. I mean, let's just go down the list and look at some of these players. Ryan Donato, I think there's a lot of potential there, but he did not live up to what I expected of him. Marcus Sorensen, at this point, I would not expect him to be back. Barabanov, he's a player. I have loved Barabanov in the very short amount of time we've been able to look at him, and I don't think I'm overreacting to really just a small amount of games where a guy is pushing uh, to try and get his place on a roster. He's looked really, really good to me. I I liked what I've seen out of him. Noah Gregor, I think there's potential there. I think that there is, you know, obviously some stuff in his game to work on and some defensive miscues in particular, but I think that I like what I've seen out of him. Alex True, I haven't seen enough. Joachim Blickfeld, I haven't seen enough. Although with Blickfeld, he has that that sniper kind of look with his shot. I think there's potential there. But again, if he's 23 and it hasn't quite happened yet, maybe it's not going to. Um, You know, Rudolph's Balsers, I I like what we've seen out of him. I think there's a lot more to his game. Josef Kozinash, I've liked what we've seen out of him. And I hope that he gets to start the majority of the games left and Maybe we'll get a look at Melnichuk for the rest of these games as well, but I'd like what we've seen with him. Curtis Gabriel, you know, he's put he was a spark plug out there, I'll give him that, but his game is not quite at the NHL level consistent, consistently in and out. I think he's got a great personality. I think he's a great dressing room guy. I think that he's a, just a great person overall, but I don't know if his game is exactly what the Sharks are looking for. Uh, Dylan Gambrell, he was better this year than he was last year for sure, but I still don't know that he's exactly what the Sharks need night in, night out. Matt Nieto, his injury has knocked him off, unfortunately, this year, but I do like what we've seen out of him. I thought that he was a, you know, we know what he's been able to do in the past, and I think that we saw, again, what he was capable of doing this year. It's unfortunately that he got injured, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was back again next year. And then the final one would be Patty Marlowe. You know, I, I don't know what that situation is. I don't know what he wants to do. I think he's a great guy to have on the team just in terms of his character, in terms of his just everything. You know, there's there's nothing bad with having Patrick Marlowe around in the dressing room. But, you know, he's not getting any younger. I mean, let's be honest. He's not getting any younger. But this is, you know, that's a decision that goes beyond uh, what I can truly conceptualize because of what he means to the franchise, what he means inside the dressing room. How other guys, especially younger guys, look at him and see the way that they need to carry themselves, the way they need to react Patrick Marlowe, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to evaluate whether or not he should or should not be back next year because that goes above my abilities. But I want Ryan Donato back if the team feels he can play at a higher and or better level. If they think that there was groundwork here that he was affected by the short training camp, if he was maybe fighting some injuries that we're not fully aware of, if they think he can be better. But I also feel that when I look at these players, I want more Balsers. I obviously want more of Barabanov. I don't think I'm being fooled with what I'm seeing on the ice from him. I think he is legit. I think he fits this system. Here's Kane talking about Barabanov. You know, he's a smaller player, but, uh, you know, he, he he finds a way to 
get around guys and, and win his battles and keep pucks alive. And, you know, at this level, you know, that's, that's pretty valuable to be able to do that. And, you know, I think all three of us can do that. So, you know, when you keep pucks alive, especially in the ozone, um, it gives your line mates opportunities to, to get open and create opportunities to score. So he's been doing a good job of that and got to keep that going. And then it's not just that he keeps pucks alive. It's the fact that he puts pucks in the right places or that he's overall just a playmaker. It seems that he's got not just not just a nose for the goal in that sense, but it's like he knows where to put the puck or he knows how to interrupt play or he knows how to get the puck out into a good space. I think that his instincts out there on the ice go far beyond what is actively seen in terms of his production because I feel like since the minute he stepped out there on the ice, wherever he has been, it doesn't feel like opportunities are very far off. And I think that's a valuable skill set. He makes things happen out there on the ice. He makes the guys around him better. And that's something that I think you have to pay attention to. And again, I know we're looking at a very small sample size and it's easy to overreact to positive play when so much of what we've seen from the Sharks this year has not been quote unquote positive, but him as a new player, as a guy who's been slotted in and essentially told to make the most of the opportunity He's making the most of the opportunity. And yes, he has more KHL experience and he is not as young as some of the other guys, but this looks like a value player that you can make part of the plan going forward. I like his game. I like what he brings night in, night out. And I also really like that line with he and Kane and Hurdle. Here's Bugner speaking to that. Yeah, they've been they've been good since we put that line together. I think uh, you know I've said it early on. Uh, Barabanov's uh, hockey sense and and you know he's got some good skill. I think he complements uh, um, two big guys next to him in Kane and Hurdle. Yeah, and that line came through. You got five points out of that line on the night. And Timo Meyer was back in the top six last night, and he performed, scored a goal, scored a nice goal, and he played with greater physicality and greater power over the course of the game. Here's what Bob Bugner had to say. Well, I thought he was more physical. I thought he uh, uh, held on to more pucks and and uh, used his speed a little more in his size. So uh, you know that's the way he's got to play. And and you know he got paid off uh, um, with a, with a nice shot on that goal. But uh, yeah, I, I was uh, um, a lot happier with his game tonight. And we talked about this at the start with the veterans, you know, being very realistic and being told what's going on with the team right now in terms of its evaluation, in terms of the reset. They had to get these guys still playing and still performing at a high level. And you did get that last night. Tommy Hurdle, Evander Kane, Timo Meyer. These guys all came through for the Sharks when they were fighting to keep their playoff hopes alive. Obviously, it fell short, but the veterans, the experienced guys, were still putting forth great efforts. Here's Bob Bugner. Well, that's the message. I mean, we, uh, um, and, and I think they are. I thought we played a hard game tonight. I thought that, uh, you know, you got a 4 2 lead and with eight minutes to go. And uh, there's some real good things. We uh, limited them in the second period. And, you know, I thought our penalty kill was good. So there's, there's some good things. I mean, it just, uh, um, we got guys that are playing hard and, and no one's, uh, um, you know, no one's cashing their ticket yet or no one's, you know, taking the easy way out. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. And I appreciate that. I don't think there has been any quit in this team. I think the ultimate takeaway was that they were just not good enough. And when you put that in conjunction with a compressed schedule where maybe any deficiency is highlighted that much more and you put it on a year where you start off on the road for as long as you did, you don't have a normal training camp, you don't have a normal preseason, you don't have the things that you need to maximize what you had on this team. I mean, if you are going into this transitional period, right, then you would hope that it would be a moment where you would be able to get a normal training camp and a normal preseason so you can get the most 
out of these younger guys, to get them more ingrained with what's going on with your team, more time to work on the system. Because for the younger guys, you imagine it's going to take them a little bit longer to learn. It's going to take them a little bit longer to transition. It's going to be that much more challenging for them. And all of these things, the normal preseason, the normal training camp, when you would do that, you didn't have those liberties. Everything was very much compressed and the pressure was on from the get-go. And ultimately, the Sharks just didn't have, like I said, the talent or the overall ability to overcome what was going to be a very challenging circumstance um, in any way, shape, or form, especially one that was where you're trying to evaluate and look at what's there while at the same time competing for a playoff spot. Now, I know people are going to say, well, maybe they should have just competed for a playoff spot. And Well, I mean, you can only put things off for so long before you get into even worse trouble. And I think that's what Doug Wilson is trying to avoid. He wants this team to still be competitive. Are the Sharks competitive? Yes. I mean, they played hard against the Avalanche in every game of this series. Now, obviously, if you're good enough to lose, that doesn't do anything for your place in the standings, but the Sharks are not getting blown off the ice. And the Avs are a really good team. I think what the Sharks are right now is not as good, obviously, but they're not that far off. I think that you have that core players you can build around, and if you maximize these younger players and get this period of evaluation over and done with, you put yourself in a good situation for the future. And another thing that I am taking away as a positive is you're heading towards the offseason without many devastating injuries. I mean, last year you had Eric Carlson out, you had Tomas Hurdle out, you had Logan Couture coming back from an injury at the end of the year. It was not great in terms of injuries, but this year, knock on wood, it looks like guys are heading into the offseason without a whole lot of injuries. They're going to be banged up. They're going to be nicked, bruised, whatever. That's the reality of the sport, but it doesn't look like they're heading into an offseason with surgeries, with rehabs, with comebacks as part of the story. It looks like they can go in relatively healthy and put themselves in a good situation to have a good offseason and then to come back, have a good training camp, have a good preseason and build themselves back up again. But there are certain guys like Timo Meyer, like Eric Carlson. The onus is on them to have better starts to their season, to be more impactful from game number one and to have more of a hot start. You need these guys to be hot out the gates next year because the Sharks, they are going to be in another tough division, however it's aligned, that will have them fighting for one of the final playoff spots. I don't think they're going to turn it around next year and suddenly be a top one or two team. I don't think that's where they are, but I do think they can be a team with improvements that is, again, in that fight for a playoff spot. And that's not a bad goal to have. It's not the sexiest goal in the world to just want to be back into the playoffs, but it is a realistic goal. All right, that wraps it up for this morning's edition of Morning Tide. I will be back with you on Thursday morning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.